the curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for coming this today to Victor Christian Fellowship to experience God's presence and God's goodness. And Father, we just give you thanks and praise for this wonderful and awesome day. We just acknowledge you in all of our ways that you, you can direct our paths, Lord. Lead God and direct us into what you want. And we just give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Let's stand together. Are you ready to worship today? Thank you, Lord.
worship you in this house today, Lord. And we say there's freedom to worship you in this place. Hallelujah. You came to set the captive free. You came to bring us liberty. My sin and my rejection and your blood and my acceptance. Now I'm alive to bring you free. Where the spirit of the Lord 
exalt him today. Forget about what, what's happening. Just give him this moment. Give him your focus. Thank you so much that your very holy presence saturates this place in us right now. And Lord, we are filled with the fullness of God. As we look to you, Lord, we listen to you and we follow you. And we love you. We love you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, because you're here. You speak to us. There is an open invitation for you to come into my throne room. Follow the protocol. Come boldly. Come in faith. And you will receive great and mighty things. I welcome you. I love you. I've prepared you for this day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Someone say praise the Lord. Someone say, God is good. good. Amen. You may have your seats. We're so glad that you're here. And if you're watching, we're glad for that as well. We're grateful for the technology. Hallelujah. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Glory to God. We have much to be grateful for. If all we knew was Jesus Christ and him crucified, that's all we need to be grateful for. Amen. Amen. That says it all. We want to invite you to join us as we make our confession of faith. That's based on God's word. Let's make our confession. Jesus Jesus is Lord Lord and Master, Master, and we we are always learning learning about him, his his ways, and and his kingdom. kingdom. We willingly and faithfully come to Jesus to find rest for our souls. The Lord's yoke is easy and his burden is light. We do his will because it is our delight. His gentleness and humility give us great peace and security. We choose to dwell in the shelter of the Most High and we remain secure and at rest in the Almighty's shadow. He alone is our refuge our our fortress, our God, God in whom we trust. The Lord has rescued our life from death. He bountifully blesses us and is always good to us. Therefore, we rest in him. 
Because God's peace is with us and in us, we do not worry and we cast all our cares on him. We are confident in Christ and enter into his divine rest by faith. The Lord freely offers his rest to all of us and we receive it because we believe it. God's rest refreshes our souls. We are God's people and there remains a Sabbath rest for today. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Good morning. Good to see each one of you here today. The Lord bless you, and Jesus loves you. And go tell someone that today when you see them later on. Okay, we are continuing pastor appreciation into 2023 for our Caribbean vacation for our pastors and their family. <laughs> yeah, we, just, we got the Caribbean rust. We got to like oil that up here. I know it doesn't feel very Caribbean outside, but hey, that's where our imagination comes in. Praise the Lord. Okay, this Tuesday, we have this generation, our middle school outreach to the Palmyra Middle School at 125. Praise the Lord. And in Tuesday evening, we have our regular Air Force youth group that's ages 12 and up. That's from 6 to 8 p.m. Is anybody awake? I mean, if I wasn't looking out there, I'd wonder if anybody was out there. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's like it's like we changed the clocks today or something. <laughs> I, it's okay. It's okay, everybody. It's okay. I'm just basically talking to myself. <laughs> and I, I'm I, I do that on a regular basis. I have conversations with myself. Okay. And then, oh, for the youth, we have many delicious flavors of and varieties of soups. So you want to check the new list out back there. We have um, all sorts. I think there's five or six varieties. So you want to check that out. And then we have Wednesday night refreshing on Wednesday. Woohoo! There we go. We're awake now. That's at 6.30. You just needed to hear the word refreshing. So maybe I'll start with that next time. Okay. It's all good. Thursday is Bible Adventure. Yay! That's for third, fourth, and fifth graders in Forge and Northside Elementary Schools. And we are utilizing the bus that the Lord blessed us with filling that up with kids. It's a blessing, and we thank the Lord for the victory bus that he gave us. Hallelujah. And then next Sunday is the first Sunday of December, so ladies, it's book club week. And we're finishing the book that we're working on. Take Back Your Life, I believe, is where we're at. I'm in several books and several different things, but I think we're Take Back Your Life and the discussion is really is really rich 
and the building fell uh, building relationships with other women is really is really good we will not have book club in january that's an off month because the first sunday is january 1st so we're we're taking s- january off but we will start the book club up again then in february first sunday with a new book and then i'm going to talk about christmas you want to talk about christmas yeah let's talk about christmas christmas we are having our christmas candlelight service on december 21st that's a wednesday at 6:30 p.m. and i know there'll be extra special occasions and I was going to say events, but that's not the right word. But there will be different things in that Wednesday night refreshing because it is being our candlelight Christmas. And, yes, we do light candles. Thus, the name Candlelight Christmas. And, well, some people, you know, keep the name, but they stop the action. So I just want to let you know we still do light the candles because I like candles. And Stephen likes candles. If you want a little tidbit about Stephen, he loves candles. You would not guess that. No. So I'm just letting you know Stephen likes candles. <laughs> All right. And the rest of the youth are not too sure they wanted to let me know little tidbits because it might come out during announcement. <laughs> It's all good. Praise the Lord. We had a wonderful uh, uh, youth group this past Tuesday, and the Lord ministered his anointing to our youth. We have three youth who are finishing their studies in December. One is getting their, woohoo! One is finishing their bachelor degree, and two are finishing their master's degree. So, hallelujah, they're finishing strong, they're finishing well, and they're finishing with excellence. We're so excited for them. Hallelujah. And then I'm back to Christmas. I realized I didn't, I didn't finish Christmas. <laughs> it's okay. Christmas, you celebrate all year long because Jesus is with us all the time. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So Christmas is on a Sunday this year, and we will not have service on Christmas Sunday. That is going to be set free for you to do your family events and your family celebrations so make note of that in your calendars and the lord bless you and thank you for participating with me during the announcements hallelujah glory to god I want to read the scripture to you from Isaiah chapter 48. And we're going to look at uh, verse 17. Isaiah 48, verse 17. I'm going to read this from the King James and I'm going to read it from the Amplified. Hallelujah. Here's what the King James says. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, which teaches you to profit 
Everybody say, he teaches me the prophet. And then he says, which leads you by the way which you should go. So if you want a prophet, you can follow the Lord in his way. Verse 18, oh, that you hearkened unto my commandments, then had your peace been as a river, and your righteousness as the waves of the sea. Your seed also had been uh, as the sand, and the offspring of your bowels like the gravel. His name should not have been cut off nor destroyed from before me. Now, I want to read this from the Amplified. It says, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who has who leads you in the way that you should go. Oh, that you had hearkened to my commandments, then your peace and prosperity would have been like a flowing river. Everybody say, Peace and prosperity. That's a double-double. You can, you can be prosperous and have peace. Amen? And peace goes along with prosperity. It would have been flowing like a river, and your righteousness, the holiness and purity of the nation, like the abundant waves of the sea. Your offspring would have been like the sand, and your descendants like the offspring of the sea. Their name would be not cut off or destroyed from before me. Say, God wants me to profit. <clears throat> How does he want us to profit? Well, we can profit in giving, but we can profit with uh, creative ideas and having an idea and you then put forth that idea and that idea then prospers you. Amen. Amen. Ideas to profit come from God. God wants you to profit. And uh, if you don't know how to profit, he'll teach you how to profit. Amen. Amen. How, How many are willing to learn? Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, God wants us to profit, and he'll teach us to. But we got to do it his way. we got to live his way, right? we we got to uh, obey him, and uh, you can love God and profit. Amen? Isn't that what happened to Abraham? God said, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you. And uh, we, we read that in Genesis 12, but in, then in Genesis 13, the Bible says very first... Uh, uh, verse, he said, and Abraham was very rich. I'm going to say very rich. You know, God will get it to you if he can get it through you. But he'll also give you an idea, right? And you put that idea to work and it'll be a blessing to you. You know, maybe God uh, gives you an idea to start a business or to do a thing. And uh, it, it's a way to profit. It's, it's a way to profit. Amen? So you can give this morning uh, knowing that God wants you to profit. And uh, giving should be natural to a believer. right? Why? Because we got connected with the greatest giver of all time. And his giving nature got in us. Amen? Before I knew Christ, I might have been old and stingy and selfish. But when I met Christ, my heart changed. I'm a new person. Right? I'm not saying that I was that way, but you know what I'm saying. When God comes in your life, so does giving. So does gener- generosity. And uh, you can uh, give anytime here during the service. If you're watching online, you can also go to our website and you can take care of it this way. Father, I just thank you so much that you have given us rewards for doing what you say. And Lord, you bless each and every giver and their gifts. You cause it to multiply and increase and grow. And we just love you for it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. All right, we got some good-looking kids in this group today. So kids, we want to dismiss you to have your own class. Have a good time, kids. Have a great class. And we're we're grateful for our workers and our helpers and our volunteers. Amen. Well, you've overcome your Thanksgiving slumber. Hallelujah. Well, you know what? We're entering the giving season. And and that's really every day with God. But uh, today I want to take you to the great gift exchange. And uh, we're going to see some things that God gives us. Amen? And uh, we have been given the greatest resource and the greatest help and the greatest encouragement and the greatest teaching and the greatest leadership and the greatest empowerment in one gift. That is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You know, when Jesus left this earth, he, he was not going to leave us as orphans. He was going to give us the greatest gift, which is his Holy Spirit. Right? And Holy Spirit is here, and he's working. He's doing all these things. Amen? And, and we got to learn how to listen to him. Learn how to flow with him. Learn how to uh, be led by him. You know, I heard a minister say that the greatest answer to a thousand questions is be led. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to lead you in life. He, wants, he shows us things to come. Why do you think he does that? Because he wants us to be prepared. Amen? So the Holy Spirit is our greatest gift. So we're going to study about him today. And uh, we're going to look at some of the gifts that come through him. Amen? And uh, God, you know, uh, we need to have a a working relationship, a a good understanding of how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. He's a helper. He helps you do what you need to do. He doesn't do it for you. He helps you do it. Okay? We're in a partnership. All right? And just to throw out a big word... Uh, the study of the Ho- of Holy Spirit is pneumatology, yes. all right? Pneumatology, and uh, it's the study of the wind, air, and spirit and the word. And um, because the Greek word for spirit is pneumos, yes. right? And uh, it, it, he is the Holy... I want you to turn to John chapter 14, and we're going to begin there. And there's uh, some specific gifts that I want to talk to you about today. But I want to describe the gift that we've been given so that it will help us better cooperate with the gifts that he's given us. Amen? So in John chapter 14 and verse 16, Jesus is talking here. And he said, 
I will pray the Father, or I will ask the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you for how long? Forever. Notice, Jesus is going to ask the Father, and he's going to give us another comforter, okay? The Amplified takes it a step further. Uh, He calls him another helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, and a standby to abide with you forever. God wants counsel to abide with you. He wants you to have an advocate forever, right? He wants you to have someone by your side whom you can look to, whom you can listen to that will help you. Hallelujah. He's an advocate. He's a a representative. He's, He's like a lawyer, right? When the lawyer tells you don't say anything, just let me do the talking, let him do the talking. Amen? Why? Your lawyer, the Holy, Holy Spirit, is an expert of all things. He was there at creation. He was involved in the birth of the Savior. He's been around. And he's just ready and waiting to activate the word of God. That's what he does. He activates the word. So, this other comforter, another comforter, he, he is our advocate, he is our intercessor. You know, you need someone to pray for you. That's what intercession is. You know, Jesus right now is sitting at the right hand of God, and he is interceding for us. He ever lives to intercede for you, to stand in the gap, and to pray, to bring your case, amen? To present your case before the Father, which is the judge. Hallelujah. And he's a counselor. He's a strengthener. When you're weak, he's got power to make you strong. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit is high octane. And VCF is like a filling station. We're like sheets. Sheets deals in gasoline, but we deal in Holy Ghost power. Amen. And you don't have to insert a card to get it. You can just come and get filled up for free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, And he's a standby. He is a paraclete. He is called alongside to help. Now, can you imagine if there was a big boulder that was in your way and you had to move it by yourself and you're trying to push, you're trying to pull and it's not budging, but you, you put a lever in there and you, someone comes alongside and helps you. Right? Together, your strength is multiplied and the boulder is moved. Amen? So the Holy Spirit, he's called alongside to help you. Okay? He's a helper. He is an aider. He is an assistant. Amen? And he is here. He took the place when Christ finished his work and left the earth. God didn't leave the earth vacant. God didn't leave the earth without a source of help and encouragement and power and knowledge and wisdom and truth. Amen? Say, he's my helper. Now, the word for another 
is the Greek word allos, and it refers to another just like Jesus. That means Holy Spirit is divine. He is God. He's not just, he's not the spirit of the world. He is the spirit of God. He is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. He is the same spirit that came on Jesus at his baptism. He is the same spirit that empowered him after temptation. We don't have a different spirit. We have the same spirit, just like Jesus. He is, he is a member of the Godhead. He's a member of the Trinity. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> My grandfather, when he was uh, on the earth, and we would pray before a family meal. This was long. This is when I was much younger. He would say, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, one who gets here first gets the most. <laughs> Amen. That's a good prayer. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, the Spirit of God is also a person. He is not cousin it. He is a person. I'm going to point some things out about that. And uh, if Jesus is a person, he says, I'm giving you another comforter, one just like me, then he's giving you a person too. Right? He didn't give you an entity. Right? He gave you a person. And uh, just as Jesus functioned as a paraclete to the disciples, the Holy Spirit functions as a paraclete to us. When the disciples heard Jesus speak and they didn't understand what he said, could they ask him questions? Would he explain what he said? The Holy Spirit will do the same thing. Amen? You can talk to him. He has a voice. All right? He will teach us he will testify of Jesus. He bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Hallelujah. He'll guide us into all truth. Amen. And uh, I want you to look at verse 17. Same chapter, John 14. Let's look at verse 17. There's two things that you need to know about the Holy Spirit. He operates in two places. Okay. Even the spirit of truth... Whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you shall know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Say, he's with me, and he's in me. Those are the two locations on which the Holy Spirit operates. He comes on you, and he lives in you. When you got born again, you received the Holy Spirit. You can't get born again apart from the Holy Spirit. All right? When you got born again, when you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you. You became his temple. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which lives in you. Okay? So say he's in me. That means wherever you go, you can access him. Wherever you are, you can call on him. Wherever, wherever, wherever you are, he can show you things. He can tell you things. He can teach you things. He can counsel you. Amen? He can help you. Why? Because you take him with with you wherever you go. All right? So he's with you and he's in you. Okay? So that's where the Holy Spirit is. Um, And uh, I'm I'm just kind of giving you an overview because I really want to get to the gifts part. Okay? But to get there, 
Uh, go to First Timothy chapter four. First Timothy chapter four, and uh, let's look at this, verse uh, fourteen. First Timothy four fourteen. Hallelujah. He says, neglect not the gift that is where? In you. How many of those say, I got gifts in me? Where did you get those gifts? God gave you those gifts. He put a deposit of a gift in you, gift or gifts, okay? He says, neglect, neglect not the gift that is in you, which was given you by prophecy. With the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Okay? So you've got to utilize the gift that has been given to you. So many of the church world neglect the gift. Because they don't know how to operate. You know, in a lot of places, you're not going to see any manifestation or demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Because he is not religious. He is relational. And um, there's a lot of places that say that tongues are are even of the devil, which is not true. Because they're in the Bible, and the Bible's not of the devil. Amen? And to say that tongues are of the devil. So, in the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Spirit in them, but he would come on them. How many know the story of Samson? The Bible said that the Spirit of God would come upon Samson, and when he came upon him, he would do great feats of strength, right? He carried the gates of the city on his shoulders. He tied a hundred foxes' tails together. I mean, that takes some strength right there, you know? Uh, He defeated uh, a thousand uh, enemies with the jawbone of a donkey. I mean, can you imagine? Batter up. Ka-ching! Home run! Samson hit a thousand home runs. And he did that because the Spirit of God came on him to do it. You know, I think that Samson was like an ordinary person just like you and I. But when the Spirit of God came on him, things would be different. How many know that the Spirit of God makes a difference in your life? He gives you the edge. And uh, he's our power source. So the Spirit of God would come upon prophets, kings, and priests, right? But we have an advantage because he's in us. Amen? So the Spirit of God is a person. Let me just give you some things that show that he's a person. He makes choices. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. He, he, he gives gifts as he chooses. So he can make choices. John 14, 26. He teaches. Right? He teaches. John 16, 13. He guides. Right? These are personal attributes. To, to let us know that Holy Spirit is a person. Okay? John 16, 14, he reveals Jesus. John 16, 8, he convicts of sin. He convicts us, the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Okay? Ephesians 4, 30, he can be grieved. He can be grieved. That's a personal quality. Matthew 12, 31, he can be blasphemed. That means you accredit 
works of the Holy Spirit to the works of the devil. Listen, the Holy Spirit and the devil are nothing alike. Holy Spirit whooped his little behind. Right? And the Holy Spirit has power. He who is in us, which is the Holy Spirit, is greater than he who is in the world. So there's no comparison. He possesses a rational mind. Romans 8, 26 and 27. 1 Corinthians 2, 11 and 13. He can be lied to. Ananias and Sapphira. Why did Satan put in your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? He can be lied to. And he, he's a lie detector because he's the spirit of truth. He knows when you're lying or not. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says he can be quenched. Don't quench the spirit. You know, if you want to put a fire out, put a wet blanket over it. That, that fire that was burning hot and bright will be put out. It'll be smoldering. It'll be done when you put a wet blanket on it. And that's what the devil has, has done with the church. He's put a wet blanket on the spiritual fire. But you know what? We want to put a fan to that fire. You know, like the old blacksmith, he's got that be- the bellows that squeezes. He would blow air into the fire to make it hotter, to make it brighter, so that he could melt that iron and he could pound it. Hallelujah. We need some fire in the church. We need some fire in the lives of believers. We should never lose our fire. You were baptized in fire, so keep the fire, keep the fire burning. Well, how do I keep a fire burning? Add fuel to it. What's the fuel? The word of God. Amen? You got to keep the fire hot. Acts 7.51, he can be resisted. Hallelujah. All right? So he is our helper. He's our counselor. He is our source of power, and uh, he witnesses that we are sons and daughters of God. You know, a son is a position. It has nothing to do with gender, okay? And uh, he's given us gifts. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Hallelujah. And... uh, The Bible wants us to know about these things. Look at verse 1. Now concerning spiritual what? Everybody say gifts. So gifts means there's more than one. Okay? Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. God does not want you to know Nothing about these things. He wants you to be informed. He wants you to be educated. He wants you to be taught. He wants you to know. This is something that we should know as believers. He does not want me ignorant. Amen? Aren't you glad for that? About spiritual gifts. Okay? Now the Holy Spirit, he does things. He says things. And he reveals things. 
I'm going to say that again. He does things, he says things, and he reveals things. Okay? Because the gifts that he gives us are divided into three categories. There's gifts that reveal things, there's gifts that say things, and there's gifts that do things, right? There's speaking gifts, revealing gifts, and power gifts. And batteries are included. Right? You don't have to add batteries, actually. How many's ever bought a gift and, and it said the batteries are not included? Right? If they make an electronic gift, why don't they include the batteries? I mean, they know that it requires power to function. Why don't they include the batteries? I don't know. Right? Okay, so concerning spiritual gifts, these gifts are special endowments given by Holy Spirit. Say, I've been endowed with power, with revelation, and with the ability to speak things. Okay? So he doesn't want us ignorant. He doesn't want us uninformed. Okay? You know, verse 2, that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols. (laughs) You know, I was reading Isaiah, I think it was uh, 45 the other day, and he was just describing idols. He said, these idols are made by men, and they carry them around and set them into place, and when they call them, they can't answer. When they're in trouble, the idol can't do anything, but yet they worship them. And God was just pointing out the folly of idolatry. Okay? Thank God we were delivered from dumb idols. Every idol is dumb. Okay? Because an idol can't save you. An idol can't help you. Okay? You were carried away into these dumb idols even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand... No man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. All right? So the Holy Spirit, he will always honor Jesus. He will always agree with the Word. You will never, ever find the Holy Spirit contradicting the Word any way, shape, or form. Okay? Why? Because he wrote the Word. All right? So, he says, there are, verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, okay? There are different gifts. Everybody say different. You know, God is a creator. He has different kinds and different varieties. Aren't you glad we don't like all the same ice cream? I'm glad for a choice of flavors. You know, and uh, God's into flavor. He's into variety. Look around. Not one of us are, are exactly the same. Every one of us are different. Celebrate your differences. Amen? God didn't make you a cookie cutter. He made you individual. He fashioned you out of himself. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. And, and we're made different, right? All shapes, all sizes, all colors. Praise the Lord. People who don't think that that having color is godly, look at the flowers. 
look at the rainbow. God's a God of colors. He's a God of variety. I mean, just look at different kinds of apples, different kinds of cows. There's a variety. There are diversities of gifts, okay? So how these gifts function, how they operate, are going to be a little bit different in every person. You're not going to operate the same way in these gifts, amen? They're going to be a little bit different, okay? Why? Because there's different kinds, there's varieties of gifts. They are distinctive varieties and distributions of endowments, you know, a company has more than one distribution center. Amazon, they have distribution centers in all over, don't they, to, to, to service different parts of the country. Okay? Then he says, but the same spirit. Okay? There are differences of administrations. All right? Differences of administrations. There's different kinds of service, different ministries, different administrations. Right? Every company has its own culture. God has a culture. The kingdom of God has a culture. And it's not going to operate the same in every place. That's okay. Amen? So there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. You are going to see that in the spiritual gifts, you'll see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working in harmony, working in agreement, working together. Same spirit, same Lord, next one, same God. Verse 6, there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which works all in all. Everybody say the same God. Isn't God awesome how he can be the same yet operate differently? Glory to God. But get the same results. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay? So, there's different, different kinds of working, different ways, different activities, all right? But God is, is God working in you, okay? He goes on, verse 7, this is important to know. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit. Everybody say, every person. When God operates these gifts, they are for every person to benefit. It's not just for one person, but it's for every person. It's for every person to get something out of it. Hallelujah. So say, I can get something out of this today. All right. Then he divides the gifts into their categories, all right? I'm going to just give you their categories, okay? The revelation gifts are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. Everybody say word of wisdom. Say word of knowledge and discerning of spirits. Those three gifts, they reveal something. They show something. They uh, unveil something. Okay, and the second set of gifts that we're going to talk about a little bit today is the power gifts. All right, the power gifts are the gift of faith, the gifts of healings, and the working of miracles. Everybody say the gift of faith, gifts of healings, 
and working of miracles. Those are the power gifts, right? God wants us to have power. And then the, the vocal gifts or the speaking gifts. You have the gift of prophecy, the diverse kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Say prophecy, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, we see an interpretation of tongues every week, all right? That, that is a gift of the Holy Spirit, and uh, it's not a translation but an interpretation. You're getting the gist of what God is saying to us, amen? And uh, these gifts operate under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So... When you're connected to the Holy Spirit, you are in a position to operate these gifts. Okay? Now, um, notice verse 11. Okay? This is another important verse that we need to know. But all these work that one and selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as He will. Say, as he will. So, in other words, we don't turn off and on these gifts. Okay? But, when the Holy Spirit wants to operate these gifts, we can yield to them. He's the one who operates them, right? He's the one who knows which gift needs to be there at the moment, right? And when he, he operates these gifts, but we can just yield to him. Amen? And that takes faith. Say it takes faith. You can't operate these gifts apart from faith. Okay? You are working in cooperation with the Holy Spirit. And um, he tells in, in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, pray and seek and desire the best gift. Well, what's the best gift? It's the gift that you need at the moment. Right? That's the best gift. But we can pray for these gifts. We can, and these, but they're operated as the Holy Spirit wills. Okay? He's the bus driver and we're the riders. Okay? How many know as a rider on the bus, you don't tell the bus driver what to do? Right? Because our bus driver knows where he's going. Amen? He's got a GPS that doesn't fail, God's positioning system. Our bus driver is the Holy Spirit, right? And, and any time that he wants to open the door and let us get on the bus, <clears throat> we can get on the bus. Now, these gifts are not just for church services. They're for your individual lives, right? These gifts will help you minister. These gifts will help you reach someone. These gifts will help you uh, promote the kingdom of God. They're not just, you know, once you get past these four walls, you know how, how, how an electronic device loses signal, right? You don't lose signal once you get past these four walls, right? Okay? All right, verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members... The church is one body, but it has many members. Your individual body has many members, but it's one body. Okay? And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we'll be baptized into one body. 
Okay? The Holy Spirit is not schizophrenic. There's one Holy Spirit. And I know Revelation says, oh, the, the seven eyes of the Holy Spirit. No, it's the sevenfold Holy Spirit. And it refers to 11, uh, Isaiah 11:2, the spirit of wisdom, spirit of knowledge, spirit of might, spirit of counsel. There's seven listed there. Okay? Everybody say, one Holy Spirit. Okay, there's not two. There's one. All right? And we're baptized in one body. For uh, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand. Has your foot ever complained that it's not the hand? Aren't you glad we don't walk on our hands? I'm so glad. You know, aren't you glad we don't read with our ears? I'm so glad. That would hurt your neck after a while. See, every part of a body has a specific function. And the way that you know where you're supposed to function is cooperating with the Holy, Holy Spirit. He's the one that's going to show you. He's the one that's going to organize everything. He, 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 knows what you, he knows why you were made. He knows the gifts that you have. And he knows where you're best utilized. And he created the church so that you can serve and utilize the gifts that have been given to you to bless the body. Amen. How many has ever heard of a person using a body part too much? What happens when the body part is used too much? It gets wore out, right? Pitchers, they often have, they're going to have more problems with a rotator cuff. Why? Because they're using this motion more than anybody else, right? It's a constant motion that they use. See, God doesn't want the body to be wore out. He wants us to be edified. Amen? Okay, so these varieties, these spiritual gifts, they have diversity and unity. They're different, but they agree. They're in harmony. Amen? Does an orchestra have the same instruments? But it makes one sound, doesn't it? it does a choir have one person? But, they, but when they sing, man, it makes one sound, doesn't it? That's what God wants from us. All right? And uh, think about the sunlight, right? The sunlight is just like God. God is the sun. Jesus is the rays that touches the earth. And the Holy Ghost is the heat. Amen? And, 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 but the sun, you know, it shines its rays on the earth and it provides heat. And uh, they're not in competition. Hallelujah. Um, So these gifts, they inspire you, they energize you, and they empower you. Hallelujah. These gifts are designed to help. They're, They're designed to promote God's will, to promote God's kingdom. All right? Um... And when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you can't curse Jesus. We have a story in the Old Testament about that. His name was Balaam. He was hired by uh, the king of Midian, and, and he wanted to curse Israel. And every time he tried to curse him, what came out? A blessing. Right? You can't curse. Say, I cannot be cursed because I'm blessed. And the blessing always triumphs the curse. You want to break a curse? Get blessed. How do you get blessed? You, you meet Jesus. 
Amen? Hallelujah. So, let's look at some of these power gifts. Okay? First of all, let's look at the gift of faith. All right? The gift of faith is extraordinary faith to change seemingly hopeless circumstances. The gift of faith, it does great and incredible things. Okay? The gift of faith enables one to demonstrate great confidence in the power and promises of God. It's not just, you know, you don't get the gift of faith to get saved. Right? You have a measure of faith whereby you get saved, but the gift of faith goes beyond that. There, it, it, it makes things happen. It moves mountains. It opens prisons. It defeats enemies. It overcomes things. And we're going to see some examples. Okay? The gift of faith enables believers to be extremely bold. Some of you are bold, but you, you get a, you got to get over to the extreme bold. Okay? And to stand strong unwaveringly. That's the gift of faith. The gift of faith displays God's powers to help others. Seeing the gift of faith in operation is a great joy and encouragement to all. How many know the story of Joshua? And Jericho. Not the battle of Jericho, but the battle of Jericho. Jericho was an impregnable city. It it is described as having walls as wide as they are tall. And Joshua was told by God that God had given him the city. So, but God told him the way he was going to take the city, which was unconventional, which was unthinkable, because everybody in the natural knew that Jericho couldn't be done in the natural because of its fortitude of its strength, okay? But how many know when God gives you a word and you believe that word and you stand on that word and you act on that word, it's going to happen. So God told Joshua to do something amazing. March around the city for six days, one day, once per day, okay? But on the seventh day, I want you to march around that city seven times. Now, mind you, Every time they marched around the city, the people had to be quiet. They had to reserve their shout to the right moment. How many know there's a moment to shout? But when that moment comes, shout. So then on the seventh day, God said, I want you to walk around this city seven times. And on the seventh time, I want you to blow the trumpets and I want you to shout. That's the gift of faith. Joshua did not reason about what he was told to do. He did not even think about it. He just did it. He knew that God said it, that God enabled him, and so he did it. He marched around. The, he led the people marching, right? 
But when he got to that moment on the seventh day and the trumpeters made their trumpet blast and on the seventh time the people shouted with a great shout, what happened to the city? The walls came crashing. That is, that is the gift of faith. To do something extraordinary. To do something, hallelujah. Yes, faith by faith we can do the impossible. Amen? But that was, that was going beyond the, the normal. Amen? That was, that was extra amount. Right? That's the gift of faith. Hallelujah. And then we know in Joshua 10, when he was in the battle and in the midst of the battle, he wanted to defeat the enemy, but the sun was going down. And you can't fight really good back then when it was dark. So what did Joshua do? He gets really bold. That's an that's a indication that that was a gift of faith. He speaks to the sun. Who would have ever thought to speak to the sun? But something on the inside of Joshua rose up and he spoke to the sun and he commanded the sun to stand still and the sun obeyed a man. That's the gift of faith. Joshua was bold. Joshua was unwaveringly. He, he, he didn't, well, I'm just going to try this. No, you don't try the gift of faith. You just do it. It comes out of you forcefully, loudly, boldly, strongly. That's the gift of faith. Amen? Go with me to John chapter 9 for just a second. John chapter 9. Now, these gifts are not necessarily individually exclusive. You can have several gifts operating together in one instance. For example, how many know that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead? Okay, you've got the, you've got the gift of faith. You've got the working of miracles and you've got the gifts of healing, all healings, all working together simultaneously. Why? Uh, Lazarus got dead because of something. Something made him die. A sickness, a disease or something, right? So not only did Jesus speak boldly before the tomb and he called a dead man, uh, but God repaired his body, right? So what made him sick was gone. He, he, re, he reorganized his organs and his body and everything, and boom, there he was. Many gifts working together in one instance. So they're not individually exclusive. They can work with other gifts simultaneously, all right? It's not just cut and dry. Oh, that's this, that's that. But sometimes there's, there's an interweaving of the gifts. So in John chapter 9, verse 1, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus said, Neither. Has this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him? I just want to say something about this. It was the original sin that brought sickness into the world, not a sin of this man or uh, his parents that made him blind. But it was the original sin that brought death into the world, that brought sickness into the world, that wasn't here before until sin happened. Okay? But, why? So that... 
God should be made manifest in him. What do you think? How does, how does blindness manifest God? He causes the blind to see. Amen? Okay. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me. How many know, how was Jesus able to do the works? He had a worker on the inside of him. He had the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. When did the Holy Spirit come on Jesus? When he was baptized at the Jordan. Because John testified, I saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove. The moment he was baptized was the moment that the Holy Spirit came on him, was the moment he was empowered to do works for the kingdom. Because we have testimony written in the word in John chapter 2 says the first miracle that he did was he turned water into wine. That was after he was baptized. After he had the Holy Ghost. Amen? I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night comes and no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Okay? When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, made the clay uh, into spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is interpretation sent. And he went his way, therefore, and washed. Okay? To make a long story short, right? There was a big discussion about how this man got healed. Everybody knew that he was born blind, right? And there was, the Pharisees were upended because someone, they're not thankful that someone got, got their sight. They wanted to know who did this to the man. Like, can you just rejoice? A miracle just happened. Amen? But religion can't do that. Religion will not rejoice when something good happens. Okay? Go down to uh, verse 35. Jesus heard that they cast him out. (laughs) They cast the man who was born blind out because he told them that a man named Jesus healed him. He didn't even know who Jesus was, okay? Because we're going to see this here in just a second. And when he found him, he said to him, do you believe on the Son of God? Verse 36, he answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe? This man who was born blind did not get healed on his own faith. But he got healed because the Holy Spirit was working a gift of, of, of uh, gifts of healings through Jesus to help him. Amen? Jesus didn't heal him because he was Jesus. Jesus healed him because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And then verse 37. And Jesus said unto him, you have both seen him, and it is he that is talking with you. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. So this is when the man had faith in Jesus. Okay, but how did he get healed? That was a a working of the Holy Spirit. It was a working. See, gifts of healings are always plural. Okay, it's a power gift. Right. And it's also a gift of faith. I mean, it, it, it takes some boldness to spit on the ground and put it on someone's eye. Right. Good thing the man was blind. He didn't see what was happening. 
Did you notice that the blind man didn't say, what method are you going to do to heal me? He just said, oh, I got mud in my eye. And Jesus said, go on. She said, yeah, I, I want to get this mud out of my eye. You know, when I was play, I played f- uh, football my freshman year, and I was a center. I snapped the ball, right? And one time, I mean, my, our coach loved the mud. And one day it rained, and we all had to run full speed and dive into this watery mud hole. And we were, I mean, we were covered mud, but my, our coach just loved it. He's like, oh. Anyway... In one of the practices, right, we had so much mud on us that the, the nose tackle uh, or the nose guard who was uh, facing me as the center, he, he flipped, he had mud on his, he flipped it, right, to get the mud off his hand. Well, guess what? It went right into my eye. And I'm like, oh, wait, I can't snap the ball. I got mud in my eye. So I had, I had to go get the mud out of my eye so I could snap the ball because it was irritating, right? So Jesus... Jesus is led by the Holy Spirit. He didn't just say this randomly. He was, what, whose work was he there to do? His father's work. How did he do his father's work? He was led by the Holy Spirit. Everything he said represented the father. Everything he did represented the father. So the father told Jesus what to say and what to do. And he did it, just like he does to you. How Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit is the same way that you are led by the Holy Spirit. So, this is just an example of the gift of faith. When people didn't have faith to believe, it was probably a gift of the Holy Spirit operating. Okay? Alright? What's another power gift is... The working of miracles. Everybody say miracles. Holy Spirit is a miracle worker. He works miracles. Who does he work miracles through? Anyone who's available. You know what the prophet Isaiah said? Here am I, Lord, send me. That's how we need to be with God. Say that. Say, here am I. Send me. Now, expect God to give you some instructions on where to go and what to do. If you're going to pray, send me, you better be willing to be sent. Don't just pray it and not, God, you mean you're sending me? Yeah, well, you asked for it. Amen. So another power gift is the, see, let me, this needs some explanation here before I go on. The gift of faith is not just a positive confession, it's forceful speaking. It's not wishful thinking, but it's the outward act of obedience prompted by the inward witness or the inward guidance of the Holy Spirit. Okay? It's not just a positive confession. The gift of faith is an outward manifestation of power in response to your inward listening to God's voice. All right? Okay. The working of miracles. The word miracles is energizings energizings okay it means operations focusing on the results of god's energy how many know god's got some energy and we ought to be energetic okay it's uh focusing on on the results of god's energy or power in people living in his faith okay it's it's 
It's an activity. It's an operation. When a miracle is happening, it's an activity. It's an operation. Glory to God. God can perform operations much quicker than a surgeon. He can operate at much better speed with much better results. Thank God for surgeons. Thank God for doctors. Love them. Bless them. But they're not God. Amen? That's why Jesus said, have faith in God. Don't have your faith in people. Don't have your faith in how many people to pray for. Have faith in God. If if 100 people want to pray for you, fine. My faith is in God. Thank you for praying for me, but my faith is in God, not your prayers. Jesus never said have faith in prayer. But we should pray, and we should have faith when we pray, but not to have faith in people's prayers. Amen? Okay. So the working of miracles, the ability to perform. The Holy Spirit gives you the ability to perform miracles. Right? I mentioned the one earlier. Jesus took water and he made wine. When it wasn't even his time because his mama knew who he was and what could happen through his hands. It's not my time. Yeah, but whatever he says, do it. Say whatever he says, do it. You want to know how how a miracle works? Whatever he says, do it. It may not make sense to your brain. It may not be logical. It may not be natural. But what he says, do it and watch what happens. Fill the water pots with water. You don't need water to make wine. You need juice. You need a grape or some fruit to grow. And then you need to put it in a pot and let it ferment. And when it ferments, then it becomes alcohol. It's a process. Jesus bypassed everything, even the ingredients. Fill the pots with water. Okay, they filled them. Now, draw the water and take it to the host. Are you kidding me? From the time they drew it out to the time they got to the host, that thing became wine. Why? Because they did what he said. He worked a miracle. That was the first of his miracles, with many more to follow, right? But Jesus worked a miracle, didn't he? Miracles are inherent power. It's power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. Hallelujah. It's something that you expect to put forth. Did you know that you've got a miracle worker on the inside of you? Now, we're not to live by miracles. We're to live by faith, but miracles happen. Amen. Just because we don't live by miracles doesn't mean uh, we don't believe that they happen. Say a miracle can happen. They are possible. Say a miracle can happen to me. Yeah, you might need a supernatural boost in a moment in life. Amen. And that supernatural boost is a miracle that God works through you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, miracles. Moses performed miracles to get people delivered out of Egypt. Elisha performed the second most miracles in the Old Testament. He he performed double the miracles that Elijah did. He he, he made an axe head float. An iron axe head doesn't float. A guy was chopping down a tree with a borrowed axe. They were building a school of the prophets. 
And he, while he's chopping, the axe head flew off. When you borrow something, you want to take good care of it. I remember in New Zealand, when I was on, the first time I went to New Zealand was uh, 1987, I think. And uh, we went on a three-day rafting trip. And we had a guide who had led rafting tours all across the world in all kinds of rivers, all kinds of situations. And he was a friend of my brother-in-law's. My brother-in-law's connected, let me tell you. And so there was a bunch of guys. We flew on this little Piper uh, airplane into the woods. We carried our raft, right? We had three rafts. We we loaded it into the... And 10 miles a day, we're going down this route. So the first day, we, we get to where we were camping, right? And so me and another guy, now I'm not from New Zealand, so I have a borrowed rifle, okay? And me and this other guy, we said, we're going to go see if we can get some goats or some deer or some whatever, right? And so we, we got to this mountain, and I said, you go this way, and I'll go this way, and we'll meet back in the middle. Well, little did I know that things would change. While I'm on my side of the mountain, I tripped and fell into the river. And that current just went whoosh. It took me. I'm, I'm with my borrowed rifle. It took everything within me to swim to shore because the current was so strong. I mean, I was swim. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a decent swimmer, but it took everything to get to shore. I'm swimming. I finally made it to shore. I look all around me, and it looks exactly the same. North, south, east, and west, same terrain. There's no distinguishing uh, landmark, Right? So I'm in the middle of a New Zealand bush where I don't know where I am, and uh, I'm soaking wet. And But thank God I said, okay, I'm just going to follow the river, so at least I know I'm going in one direction. And it was the hardest walking. I mean, thank God there's no predators in New Zealand as far as land-wise. And I'm just singing songs that I learned when I was in church as a young boy. When I got saved, these songs were coming to my... I'm just saying, it's getting dark. I'm still not back to camp. I'm by myself, right? I'm just singing myself. The guy who was with me had already been to camp. And they're like, where's Doug? I don't know. Where is he? But thank God, at about 9.40, 9.30, 9.40 that night, I finally made it back to camp because he came and he met me where we crossed. And I made it back to Kent. Now, now here's, here's the good thing about God. Did you know that there was a hot tub in the middle of the bush in New Zealand? <laughs> New Zealand has a lot of hot natural springs, right? Someone had lowered a, a bathtub by a helicopter and attached it so that a hot spring could run into it. I had a hot bath after I fell into the river. God is good. I found my way back. I didn't get killed or injured. And God brought me back safely. Hallelujah. And my dad caught the biggest trout on a worm of that, of that trip. Everybody else was fly fishing, but my dad caught on a worm. He caught, he caught, it was a trout this big. We had fresh trout that night, baked in tinfoil with t- potatoes and onions, and I'm getting carried away now. But see, there was something working in me. It was a miracle. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So 
we have miracles that are recorded in the word. Prophets perform them. Priests perform them. Different people perform them. Jesus performed them. His disciples performed them. Amen. God still works miracles today. People still speak in tongues today. You know, I would encourage you that if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you need to get filled because it's one of the greatest assets and tools that I utilize in my life every day. If it wasn't for speaking in tongues, man, I don't know. I'd be a whole lot more boring. Thank God for tongues. All right, go with me to Acts chapter 10. And I want to talk about the the last power gift tonight. I just want to spend my time. And I'm going to talk about the next three in the next two weeks. And then we'll get into uh, Christmas. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. This was Peter talking to Cornelius' house after he went there and the Holy Ghost fell. Okay? And in verse 38, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Say anointed. Just as God anointed Jesus, he anointed you. Say I'm anointed. That means you're equipped with some spiritual power. Okay? Notice... How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? With who, I should say? The Holy Ghost and with what? So you've got the Holy Ghost and you've got power. Right? Paul said, I come at, he he went to the Corinthians and he said, my speech was, uh, uh, weak, he said, but I come, I, I talk to you with the demonstration and the power of the Holy Spirit. So we have, we've been anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. Right? Why did God anoint Jesus? Why did God anoint you with these two things? Holy Spirit and power. Who went about doing what? You are anointed with the Holy Spirit and power to go about doing good. What's good? Anything that God does is good. Okay? See, I'm anointed with the Holy Spirit and power to do good. And then he said, and healing some that were oppressed. Didn't say some? My Bible doesn't say some either. I was just testing you to see if you're awake. Healing all that were oppressed of who? That tells me that sickness is a tool of oppression of the devil. And God gave us the cure over sickness and disease, which is the word of God and the Holy Spirit and his power. That's where his gifts come in. His gifts are his charisma. Say, look at your neighbor and say, you've got charisma. That's, that's the gift of God. It's the charis of God. You've got charis. You've got gifts. You've got an, an, a special endowment of your Father that's been placed on you to do good things. And part of the good things that we do is to heal sickness and disease. All of it. 
For God was with him. Hallelujah. God's with us and in us. Glory to God. So spiritual gifts are powers, skills, and abilities. Or knowledge given by God through the Holy Spirit. All right, let me say that again. These gifts that we've been given, see, this is the gift exchange today. We're seeing what God gave us. Amen? God gave us gifts. Oh, yeah, his gifts are incredible, right? We got power gifts. We got speaking gifts. We got gifts that talk. We got gifts that walk. We got gifts that make a difference. Hallelujah. I'll never forget that one Christmas when I got a robot, that thing would make sound and move together. Glory to God. Why? Because it had some power on the inside of it. You know, for a long time, I just had action. You know what? I used to set up, how many remember those green army guys? Right? I would set those up in my basement and shoot them with my BB gun. (laughs) I had, I had my own war games. <laughs> it, was just, it was just a little pistol BB gun, so it wasn't powerful. But I'd set them up in the basement, and I'd pop them off. <laughs> oh, the things we do with our imagination. The purpose of the spiritual gifts are to edify the body and to glorify God. Say, to edify the body? And to glorify God. The gifts are not to glorify you. The gifts are not to say, look what I can do. The gifts clearly say, look what God does. Amen? All right. The gifts of healing, it could be a wide range of skills or abilities. And it could be from the power to do miraculous or dramatic healing to making uh, the lame walk. Amen? Is God in the healing business? Absolutely. All right? Go to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. And look at verse 36. Well, actually, let's start with verse 34. And when they were all gone over, they came into the land of the Gennesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. And he and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. Boy, I wonder where they got that. And as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. Now, that could be an act of faith that they did. But here was Jesus who was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. And when you're anointed, it gets in your clothes. Amen? The anointing is in you and it it springs up like a fountain on you. And so people were just running, and all they did was touch him. As many, everybody say as many as. As many as touched the hem of his garment, what happened to them? They were made whole. Amen? That's the working. See, gifts of healings, healings are always plural. It's, it's, uh, 
it's always plural. It's always gifts of healings, right? Um, when I went to New, uh, when I went to Fiji the first time in 1993, I had my first healing meeting in Fiji, and it seemed like God used me most with respiratory problems. I had the greatest results with people who had respiratory problems. I'll never forget, we were in a small village that didn't have electricity. I bathed in the river. They cooked over an open fire. And we were in this village, and we conducted a meeting. And we were speaking through an interpreter. And I preached that night. And there were seven ladies that came up for prayer, and all of them had respiratory problems. And guess what? They got healed. Amen? And, and one time, uh, I was sitting in my old, uh, I used to work at a, a truck stop as a short order cook. And I was on my day off, and I was in there having coffee. That's when you could have a pot of coffee all day long for a dollar. You could drink coffee till you shook. Literally. <laughs> Cut me off. I've had three pots already. <laughs> but it was wonderful. I mean, you could sit in there all day and drink coffee. All you, you know, drink coffee for a dollar. Well, one of, the, one of the other employees was there. And he was sitting across from me because he was on his break and we were just talking. And, and he, he, he looked like he kept wincing. Like, I, and I said, what's wrong? He said, I got this migraine, this head. And uh, he said, it's just, it's just bothering me. So I took his hand. I said, would you like me to pray? I mean, I, I asked him to pray before I took his hand. And uh, he, he said, yeah, sure, pray for me. So I, I prayed for him. And when I got done praying, he looked at me like, I, I was like, what's up? He goes, it's gone. The headache was gone. Amen? Amen. You know what? You plus the Holy Spirit, you are a divine healing technician. God gives gifts of healings. Why? There's different diseases. There's different problems. And the Holy Spirit can anoint someone to, to, they get better results maybe with this, or someone gets better results with that. But you know what? When you bring the whole body together, everything gets covered. Amen? Amen? These are gifts. That God gave us. Hallelujah. We have access to these gifts. We don't turn them off and on, but when the Holy Spirit wants to operate them, we just yield ourselves to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. We listen to what he says, and we do what he says, and we get his results. But these are gifts that God gave us. Gifts of healings. You know, in, we, I'm just going to, Mention this in Acts chapter 3. There was a man sitting at the gate, beautiful. And when Peter and John were going to the hour of prayer, which they probably saw this man many times before, this wasn't like the first time that he sat there because as a beggar, you're going to sit where people go in often to get the most money that you can. Am I right about that? So this probably wasn't the first time that they saw this man. But this time was different. Because when they saw this man sitting there begging, Peter said, look at me. And the man looked at him with expectation, thinking that he was going to get something. And he was going to get something, but not what he thought he was going to get. He thought he was going to get some money. Right? 
Because when someone says to someone who's begging, look at me, they're thinking, okay, he's about to lay something good on me. Lay it on me right here. You got my attention, okay? And then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. What did Peter just acquire in Acts 2? He acquired the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the immersion in fire. He had the, the Holy Spirit, and he, he went to this hour of prayer with the Holy Spirit on the inside. Him and John both had the Holy Spirit. They were both talking in tongues. And Peter said, such as I have, I give to you. It's a gift. God gave it to us. We should give it to them freely. And Peter took him by the hand and he pulled him up. He said, in the name of Jesus, arise. And that man arose. And later on, they said, how did this man get healed? He said, it was the faith of the son of God. This was a, the man, he was expecting to get money, not healing. So he, he, wasn't, he didn't have faith for healing. He had faith to receive money. But Peter gave him a bonus. I like God's bonuses. Amen? That was a gift of healing. That man who was lame, who sat there, do you realize he didn't have to go to walking class? Strength received, his bones received strength, he, he walked and leaped and jumped with them into the church service. That's what the gift of God will do. He didn't even have to practice walking. Peter didn't say, walk with me. Nothing wrong with that. Not, I'm not saying anything against that. But I'm just saying that this was a gift of the Holy Spirit. In that moment, the Holy Spirit wanted to do this thing for that man, and all he needed was two vessels. How many want to be a vessel for God? A vessel of righteousness. Amen. How many, all, all God is looking for is your availability. And he'll put you in the right place at the right time to do his thing. And you can operate in his gifts. And that man was forever changed. That was more than money could have ever given him. If they would have given him money, he would have needed money the next day. But they got him healed completely. God's in the healing business. He heals through the laying on of hands, yes. He heals through the spoken word. He heals through people having faith. But he also heals through gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And you'll be in a place sometime, and God will speak to you. Say, go over to that person. Say this and do this. And then our response is, we just got to say that and do that, and then God will do the rest. And there'll be an explosion of life. Peter just threw a life grenade to that man. They were just going to prayer. Peter and John were not going to say, John, we're going to go and we're going to get someone healed today. They were just going about their regular routine. Something that they did on a regular, consistent basis. The hour of prayer. They were going to pray. And the Holy Spirit interrupted them and said, let me butt in. Amen? And Peter was ready. The man was ready. And the Holy Ghost was ready. And the results speak for themselves. He was leaping and jumping and praising God. Gifts of healings, 
gifts of faith, working of miracles, gifts of healing. These are power gifts. God has powered you up. Amen. You have access to his power. Say, I have access to God's power. Whenever you need it, it's available to you. It's available any time of the day, any day of the week, any month of the year. Amen. You don't have to be in a, in a special place or, or do a special thing. You don't have to conjure up. You just have to listen and be available. And that's how you yield. You let God. See, we, we could be doing our thing, right? And all of a sudden God speaks to us. Now we got a decision to make. Do I keep doing my thing or do I do God's thing? That's the key right there. Ananias could have said no to go meet Paul because he knew of his reputation. He's, and, but Ananias, whatever he was doing, God starts to talk to him. He said, Ananias, I want you to go to, I want you to, go to Paul. He's, he's right here in this location. Uh, no. I've heard about this man. Don't worry. He's a chosen vessel unto me. Okay. So Ananias goes. I'm just going to use Pastor Nelson as an example. He walks in and he says, Brother Saul. And Ananias lays his hands on him, right? Scales fall off of his eyes. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit. He gets baptized, right? And he gets filled with the Holy Spirit as well. And, and that, God needed someone to jumpstart Paul's ministry. He just needed someone who was obedient, who would let God interrupt their life, and who, who he would just do what God said do, go where God said go, and say what God said say. And, and yes, he had a question about, I don't know if I want to do this, but God assured him with his word, and he went, and look at the results. From that moment on, Paul was a, became a preacher. He never used handcuffs again, except all they were used on him. But he began preaching from that moment. Hallelujah. We just got to make ourselves available to God. And we got to think big. Amen? How many are expecting miracles to happen in your life? How many are expecting divine appointments? Right? For God to connect you with wealth. For God to connect you with moments of opportunity. For God to connect you with what he wants to do in your life. You've got to be open for God. You've got to be available for him to interrupt your daily routine. And come out of your comfort zone. It's going to require you to step out in faith. And just do what he says do. Listen, when God says do it, you don't have to worry about how the people are going to feel about it. That's irrelevant. When you hear God's voice and he says, do this, go here, say this, you just do that, and then he will do the work. And however he wants to work, whether he wants to use a gift or some some other means, amen, it doesn't matter. The means don't matter. The results do. The results are what we want to get. How many want to get some results? Amen? I want to get some results. Hallelujah. But in order to yield to these gifts, we got to have sessions like this where we learn about them. 
So I've talked to you about the power gifts today, and then next couple of weeks we'll talk about the revelation gifts, and we'll talk about the speaking gifts. And we're going to see a rise of gifts operate in this place. Amen? There's nine gifts. And we see one on a regular basis, and we see a couple others now and then. I want to see more. How many want to see more? Stand to your feet if you can. If you can't, just remain seated. Hallelujah. Say, thank you, Father. You've given us such wonderful gifts. You're a good giver. I receive access to these gifts. You can use me, Lord. You can count on me, Lord. I'm available for you. Hallelujah. I declare right now, Father, that this body is being edified, it's being built up, it's being encouraged, it's being strengthened in the name of Jesus so that we can go out and dominate. We were meant to dominate, to multiply, to subdue, hallelujah, and to fill the earth. We're supposed to fill the earth with godliness. We're supposed to fill the earth with righteousness. We're supposed to fill the earth with holiness. Hallelujah. That's what all of us are called to do, glory to God. And God's given us these gifts, which are our edge. They are our, uh, our advantage. Hallelujah. We don't need to be ignorant of these gifts. But we need to know how they function so that when they want to function, we can function with them. Say, Holy Spirit, I'm here to cooperate with you. I listen to your voice. I follow your leading. I adhere to your guidance. Thank you for standing by me, for counseling me, for interceding for me, for being my advocate and my strengthener. Together, you and I, we're going to do great things in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now just give him some praise. Glory to God. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I feel like a door has been unlocked that has been closed in the name of Jesus. Just in my spirit, I heard the clicking of the lock being opened. Hallelujah. And greater access greater depth and greater knowledge shall you walk in and experience. For I am showing you greater things. I have destined each one of you for greatness. I have equipped you with everything that you need to do my will in this earth. So do it. Rejoice and be glad, and you will see great things happen as a result of your obedience. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That was a gift of prophecy right there. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, yes. Thank you, Lord. Just be